Hi, welcome back to the Swell Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, but you can call me Swell. Here on the Swell Shenanigans Podcast, I like talking about all things social media, pop culture, and shenanigans. Today, we have another Swell solo episode. This is just going to be the norm. I know I keep saying that, but, you know, sometimes I'm going to have guests, sometimes I won't. But, you know, the nature of me being a solo host means that I'm going to eventually be doing solo episodes for a majority of this time. Um, I originally planned for this episode to be fairly short, uh, but then something new happened today. So we'll be talking about that first. Um, But first off, I want to say we are back in front of the green couch. Those of you who are longtime uh, video viewers and not just audio listeners know that I used to film all of my podcasts in front of the green couch. Uh, However, due to the previous time change, which is (laughs) back in March now, but when the time change happened, it was getting darker earlier. This spot where I filmed, the light was just kind of beating down on it. And it was one way too hot, but also overexposed. So it was nearly impossible for me to film the videos for the podcast sitting here. But uh, I just really realized that it's like, wait a minute, I can do that again. So now we're back in front of the couch. Hopefully this helps with the any audio issues because whereas in my desk area, I have my whole apartment in front of me here. I just have a wall like less than five feet away from me. And um, I have like my entertainment setup. So hopefully that'll help with any lingering echoes (laughs) and all of that. Um, But yes, today I got an email from my my email for my YouTube channel. Side note, uh, if you are a content creator in any regards, I highly recommend having various email accounts for all of your stuff just to protect yourself from hacking and things like that. The last thing you want is for your one solo email to get hacked and then all of your personal data is gone. All of your personal contacts are gone. And then all of your social media and business stuff is connected. So for me, I have like one email that's attached to my YouTube account. I have a different email that's a business email. I have a different email that's personal use. And then I have one email that I use for spam where if I want a free trial for something, I use that. (laughs) So I don't have to deal with the emails. But I got an email to my YouTube connected account email. I've gotten these emails before, but what the email was, let me pull it up for you. Um, It was to notify me from the support team at YouTube that I had received a privacy complaint from an individual regarding my content. And they linked the video with a timestamp. Now I've gotten these before. When I was a much smaller creator, I actually got these quite a lot because the thing about the um, complaint system on YouTube is they suck. The complaint system is terribly flawed because it's kind of useless um, for complying. Like I, I have gotten a lot of bad faith privacy complaints. A bunch of the ones that I got were on the Little Late with Lily Singh video before the video blew up. And right at the start, I had people uh, that appeared in the video that had signed away waivers to be on TV. And so the waiver, the people, or I don't know if it was them, I don't know if it was someone associated with the show or what, because again, these complaints tell me no information about who is filing the complaint, which I know is a privacy thing for the person filing the complaint, but it also damages my ability to comply with the privacy complaint. But in particular with the little late video from when I was an audience member, this was my first huge, huge video. Um, for those of you that are unaware, I used some clips from the show from contestants that were there when I was filming from the show. Now, the clips that they tried to claim were for the individuals in those clips that were in the show. However, the clips that they were using had already been approved to be on TV. So me putting those videos in my video, 
like the fair use clips, the, the clips are fair use, which is why I think they did the privacy complaints because I was talking over them. I was speaking about them. I don't even think I had these people's voices in it. I think I only mentioned one person's name, but the person's name had also been said on television in these clips that were on their YouTube channel and all of that. So the, the privacy complaints, if these had not been published videos on a, if these had not been live broadcasted television clips, then yes, they could have said that those were privacy complaints, that those I had violated these people's privacy. However, with what it was, that's not what was happening there. It was just another way for them to try and get the video taken down when my video was fair use and I had every right to post it. Now, the complaint I got today has nothing to do with the Lily Singh video. The complaint I got today, I've gotten other copyright, not copyright complaints, privacy complaints on various videos in the past. Um, but the most recent one that I can think of is uh, at the start of 2020 when I when my video was taking off and that video was getting views and things like that. So that's the most recent one that I can think of. The one that I got today was actually for my vlog from TanaCon from 2018. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I went to TanaCon. I've talked about that a lot. The reason I know this is a legitimate complaint um, that someone is submitting like, hey, I appear in this video. I don't want to appear in this video. Like, what can we do about it? And that's what I'm assuming this complaint is, is the clip they mentioned is like a five second clip. I went and watched the video. The timestamps that they gave me coincide with one specific clip within the full 17 minute video or whatever it is. And so I do believe that the complaint is a legitimate complaint and someone genuinely is like, hey, I appear in this video and I don't want to appear in this video. And that's fine. I have had people reach out to me. Um, another person, if you look at the thumbnail on my Little Late With Lacing video, you'll notice that someone's face is blurred out. That person reached out to me directly and they said that they didn't have a problem with the video, um, but they did not want to be in that thumbnail. And because the image that I used was an image from the event that we all went to and so we were all in the photo. And uh, the important part of that is my face and Lily Singh's face. It's not this girl's face or this person's face. So they reached out to me. They requested very nicely for me to blur out their face and I did it no problem. And I we went back and forth to make sure that the blur was at a level that they were comfortable with, which I have no problem doing. If anyone reaches out to me and says, hey, I appear in this video. I really don't wanna appear in this video. What can we do about it? Absolutely, I can work with getting you know, a solution that everyone's happy with. I haven't had anyone reach out to me and be like, uh, take your whole video down because I'm in this one five second clip. I have not had that happen. Again, the reason I think this complaint that I got today is a legitimate complaint is because it's one clip that they mentioned. It's not like they're trying to mention 50 random clips, but the problem with the clip that's mentioned and the problem with the complaint system in general is that the footage, the clip that they are referencing is a four second clip of me standing still, I'm holding my camera, I'm off camera, and I'm filming the crowd because the nature of, uh, there's a lot of debate right now about YouTubers uh, filming in public without people's consent and things like that. And I do agree that this, that is a conversation we do need to be having. And I know even just speaking about that, I am vaguely hypocritical because I do a lot of events and I film at events and things like that. I haven't in recent years and a lot of the events that I have filmed in recent years, I'm filming like the actual thing that's happening, like the boxing match and things like that. Um, when I went to the uh, UFO convention, which was the last uh, thing that I went to prior to COVID shutdown, I had been filming. They made a huge deal about me filming. And so then I had to kind of change how I was operating at the event. And so it's not the first time that someone's approached me at one of these events and been like, hey, we actually don't want you filming and things like that. And that's one thing. I absolutely, in the moment, I'm not going to go and be like, I'm going to secretly film and like fight things and all of that or try to, you know, expose what's going on because 
I mean, I will expose what's going on. Let me rephrase that. Hold on. I will absolutely expose what's going on. And uh, I, I have my own opinions about how that convention went down, but I have no problem just getting very little B-roll and then, you know, doing a story time and telling a story about the event and just using photos and things like that versus video clips and including video clips of people and things like that. I have no problem doing that. What happened with with the Tanacon event is that I was not trying to film the people that were there. I was filming the shutdown. And therefore, because of how crazy and hectic it was, I had no choice but to film the crowds. I really didn't. I was talking with people. Some people were willing to be on camera. Some people were not. And so far, no one has reached out to me from that event directly other than to be like, oh, hey, I was in this video clip. Like, hi, Uh, Amanda was like, fine, you know, like talk when people were asking like, oh, how was she, you know, when with the clips that she's not filming and things like that. No one has reached out to me and been like, hey, I'm in this video clip. I don't want to be in this video clip. The clip that they're referencing, I am standing still and the crowd is moving past me because it's the clip where someone where one of the security guards says everyone needs to follow the leader. And someone in the crowd says, who is the leader? I do not see who is saying who is the leader. So I'm assuming that it's not that person who made that statement. That's Uh, filing the complaint. There are like probably 15, 20 plus people maybe whose faces you can reasonably make out on the camera in this really quick scene. No one that I can see is there the entire length of the clip. So I'm assuming it's just someone who appears in that clip. So in an effort to try and understand whose face I need to blur out, if I don't hear anything in the next couple of days, I'm probably just going to stick a whole blur over that whole crowd for that clip. I don't have a problem with doing that because I do think that the important bit there is the audio of the security guard and then the person responding. Um, that's a clip that's been used in a lot of other creators, like references for the event and all of that about how I think trying to show how unruly the crowd was, but I think it was, I I took in the moment, it was people were confused and fed up and trying to understand and they were not making it easy. And so that's where that clip really stems from. Um, but in trying to try and hopefully get a better understanding, because they don't make it so that I can reach out to this person who filed the complaint because I have no problem reaching out to them being like, hey, who are you in this? Let's blur you out. And again, I'll probably just end up blurring the whole thing. In an effort to find out who this person is, I tweeted out a little thing about, you know, hey, if this is you that filed this uh, privacy uh, violation, please just reach out to me. Let's get this figured out. I did the same thing on Instagram, requesting that they also reach out to me. This is probably just a random person. It's probably not a subscriber or anything. It's probably just someone who's reaching out that like saw the clip and then who knows why they want a video clip from 2018 blurred of them or taken down. I don't know. But um, that's not my place to know. It's not my place to figure that out. If they don't want their face in this YouTube video, they don't need to have their face in the YouTube video. And that's fine. I have no problem blurring people's faces out. The reason I mainly wanted to talk about this is one, the YouTube system is flawed and I want to talk about that. But also the response that I've gotten from people is very weird. People are not mad at me for like trying to figure out who this is. They're like, some people are genuinely like, oh, I would have handled this way less maturely than you're handling this. Like this would have been annoying to me. And I I don't understand why that's the case. The thing about the YouTube system is it is flawed. And so I think that's why a lot of content creators and non-content, my leg fell asleep. Oh, content creators and non-content creators end up complaining. You hear about the failures of the content ID system, copyright complaints, privacy violations, and things like that. You hear about the downfalls of that system more often than not, because you hear about how it's used in a weaponized way against content creators to get a critical video taken down of someone Um, someone claiming that, oh, 
100% of this video was my footage when they used maybe not even a full 5% of their video is their footage, you know, things like that. And so I think that's why the host, not host, hostility is not the right word, but just like the, I don't know, confusion over why I'm like not upset about this. I'm really not upset about this uh, violation. Um, like I said, I've gotten them before. Typically, I just ignore them. I really do just ignore them usually and nothing really comes of them. Arguably, I could probably ignore this. But also, I don't want to because, again, obviously someone wants their face taken out of the video. And that's fine. That's why I'm probably just going to stick the blur on it if I don't hear from anything. But I don't know. I just think that there's a way for YouTube to make this better on everyone involved where there is a way for me to directly – like even the – I can't go on my channel and like go to the creator studio and find out where the complaint is for this where I can like feasibly like email them back or something. There's nothing for me to do that. And again, I know it's trying to protect the privacy of both of us, but it's preventing me from complying. It's preventing me from solving the problem. And so that's why I think you, it's just, it's a flawed system. Because of my fight footage, this happens mainly with my fight footage. This has happened with, um, and I have sent out my own copyright uh complaint violations to various creators through the content ID system on YouTube only because they have entire in my, my videos in their entirety of the uh, Logan Paul versus KSI fight. And then the battle of the platforms fight have re-uploaded the entirety of the video, the KSI versus Logan Paul fight. Only one person really gave me flack about that. And um, it's a, a non-issue now, but people were like, you're bullying them for trying to get you to, them to take their video down. And it's like, I just sent the I sent my, they stole my video. I sent my thing. It's done. You know, I, I'm the one there filming this. It's my footage. And so, I mean, at a certain point, I think it's important for creators to protect their stuff. However, if someone's using like a small clip to talk about something, I don't mind that. But there were several people for the KSI versus Logan Paul fight that use the entirety of my footage, like full on, like there is a clip of them watching it on their iPad and filming it with their phone. Like that's what was uploaded. Only one or two people I think re-uploaded my Battle of the Platforms fight and their whole channels re-uploads of other people. I almost want to set reach out to these other creators because they're not even doing like, it's not like it's in another language. It's not like they're dubbing it. It's not like, it's like they re-uploaded my video under their account with my own description box in there, but all my links are taken out. So it's like any identify any identifiable information other than the fact that it's me has been like ripped from the video, which is just so stupid. So I sent the complaint. We'll see if that gets taken down. But you know, privacy complaints are something that I really think there needs to be a better way for YouTube to handle that because this person could, all they needed to say was like, oh, blue shirt or something, you know, because again, this is crowd footage. And so I have no way of knowing who it is because we were all so sardine packed into this event. And I want to comply. I would love to be able to be like, yes, here, this is fixed. There we go. And I, it's the way that YouTube has it set up. It's impeding my ability to do that. So again, I'll probably just blur the whole thing. But like, I, I just wanted to talk about this one because of the way people reacted. But again, I do think that there is a better way for YouTube to handle this because even the email it's like, oh yeah, here's this help center. Please note this violation may also occur in the title, video description, and channel image or background. Yeah, no, the based on their uh, the timestamp, I know it's the clip they're talking about. Um, we will give you an opportunity to remove or edit the private information that might be present within the content reported. Again, there's nothing I can do. They don't, there's no way for me to reach out to this person, reply. And so it's like, there's no way for me to fix this 
for them by talking one-on-one, even through YouTube. Like if they wanted to do like a, oh, here's a message center where you can send them a message. Like that's one thing. I think that alone would be very helpful and great, but they don't give me that option. And like, if it's, I maybe it's because you can just, I know like crowd footage is very specific. If I was doing a sit down video and I was showing TikToks or something and someone was like, hey, I don't like that I'm in this TikTok that you're showing. That's another thing. I can absolutely take those down. I've haven't had anyone reach out to me about TikToks before. Usually I try linking the TikToks if I mention a TikTok in my videos or at least make sure that their, you know, screen name is in the th- is in the video because TikTok makes that clear. But no one's reached out to me even like, "Hey, don't use my stuff or can you link my account?" Cuz I'm usually pretty good about that. Yeah, I just think YouTube needs to make it easier for creators to react to the good faith cl- complaints and claims against their videos because at the end of the day, I don't want to be violating someone's privacy. Someone, I'm not saying anyone's name other than the people, the security guard and the person in the background and just general crowd murmur. No one is speaking. It's not like someone's like, oh, my name is Sally and I live here. You know, like it's not like that private information is being divulged. It's someone's face and they don't want it in the video. And that's totally fine. There's nothing, I, I personally, if you follow me on other uh, social media platforms, you'll see me complaining or, or talking about how, you know, I'm cringe and I do a lot of cringe shit on the internet, but at least I don't disrupt like private businesses and go in and scream and loud and jump on my friends and shove them into display cases and shit. Cause I see some dumb stuff at the Grove here in LA, specifically at the Barnes and Noble here in LA. Oh my God. Like I said, I do think that we need to be having the conversation about, you know, who is allowed to film what and filming in public and things like that. Um, I I do think that is a discussion we need to have. I mainly want to say this because I do think that your best, like I checked all of my social medias. I checked all of my emails, trying to see if maybe someone had emailed me about this. Like if they'd been like, hey, I appear in this video and I don't want to. I can't find anything. But again, I do think this is just someone in passing who like is like watching videos from this event or hell, maybe even watch someone else's video and saw my footage and they're trying to get this video, that clip of them like removed for whatever reason, you know, who knows what it is. I don't need to know their reasoning. I just need to know who it is. So I know who to blur, you know? And so that's really it. I just wanted to talk about that because, you know, YouTube can make it better on easier on creators to comply. And then they'd have less complaints about their content system and all of that. Anyways, moving forward, um, this article is from Tube Filter. David Dobrik and Jeff Wittick had a falling out over Wittick's eye injury. Now legal action is coming. So I've talked about this quite a lot about the David Dobrik, Jeff Wittick accident and Jeff nearly dying and all of that and how I I, I believe that uh, Jeff should sue David. I think he should. But it looks like it may actually happening. Um, so in this article, they said about 10 minutes into the raw talk episode, Martin asked Wittick to talk about his feud with David. The guy is never going to learn Wittick responded. I guess I'll just talk to some lawyers. He then confirmed that he is preparing a case against Dobrik, though we noted how difficult it has been to review the footage of his injury over and over again. Once again, he, uh, during the uh, raw talk appearance, Wittick talked again about David trying to blame him for the incident. Uh, that claim echoes the one Wittick made after seeing a clip from Under the Influence, a documentary from blogger Casey Neistat that chronicles David's rise and fall. Wittick claims the documentary clip shows Dobrik pushing responsibility for the incident onto him. That just made me completely lose all respect for this guy and lose all hope that we could ever turn around and become a better person, he said. Around that time, Wittick started publicly threatening Dobrik with legal uh, recourse. 
Dobrik sees the accident differently. In a recent episode of his podcast, he expressed regret by saying he would do anything to take that day back. He believes Wittick is mad at him because he saw me do an interview where I said something that I promised to him I'd keep between us. Pissed that I broke a promise. Though he has not publicly commented on any impending legal action, Dobrik is currently no stranger to controversy. In 2021, he found himself in hot water after a member of the Flog Squad, Dirty Dom, was accused of assault. That's the article. So I honestly, I think Jeff should sue David, frankly, if just for peace of mind at this point, just because, and it seems like that seems to be the case. Like, just do it, get it done, get it in the works. David's whole thing of like, I broke a promise to him is because uh, apparently while Jeff and David were in the hospital together after the accident, like right after the accident, David is alleging that Jeff, while his eye is hanging out of his socket and his skull is cracked open and he is in severe pain, that and about to be rushed into surgery, that he told David, promise me you won't tell anyone it was my idea. And that that was Jeff's concern. And David has now said that him talking about the accident is him breaking his promise to Jeff. And that's why Jeff's upset. Jeff says this is bullshit that he he's like, oh, yes, you sociopath. While I was dying and about to be rushed into surgery and I'm in severe pain, I was worried about what people thought of me online. You're right. You got it. Totally insane. I personally, I mean, again, I wasn't in the hotel. I wasn't in the hospital room, but I, I can't imagine that Jeff would have that opinion as well in that moment. And that would be his concern, you know? And so health, I don't, again, was not in the hospital room, but that's what David is referring to about breaking a promise and all of that. That was like the main thing about how there may or may not be legal action coming. Jeff, if you're hearing this, I think you should sue him. That's just me. Oh yes. Uh, so another tube filter article, this is just a jumping off point. Mainly I wanted to talk about my own experience with reels. Uh, reels creators say their monthly payouts have been cut by as much as 70%. So reels is Instagram's response to TikTok. For those of you that are unfamiliar, reels have started issuing money off and on for the last close to six, seven months. I think it was originally select creators and then onwards. Um, I also was added into this. Um, I do have a business creator account, whatever it is. I didn't know. They, they did a very bad job about letting people know that they were making money with reels. Um, so I barely made God from November to December. I didn't know I was making money with reels until the money hit my PayPal account. Like I didn't know that I had been making money on reels because it kind of works in tiers where you have to get to certain checkpoints to make the money, or at least that's what it seems like. However, I have yet to hit one of those checkpoints and they're still putting money in my account. So let me explain how this worked out. So November and December, I'm in November. I made like 50 bucks. December, I made like a uh, hundred dollars and the, the like period of when you can get paid restarts every month on the 11th, which like why that date? That seems weird. The only reason I realized that I had been being paid by reels is because I knew I had bonuses turned on. Like I had my pay, my, my PayPal account attached and all this stuff. But whenever I would do reels on the rare occasion that I would, I would go and turn the bonuses on because for some reason bonuses are automatically turned off or put to none when you go to upload a reel and I have to manually upload it or change it. I don't know if that's the case for everyone, but for me, that's the case. What ended up happening is that sometime in February, January or February, I went to post a reel and I went to turn on bonuses and it told me I wasn't allowed to. And I found out that I had been uh, 
temporarily banned from bonuses. Why? Because I made a joke on my Instagram stories and my account was flagged for inciting violence. You want to know why? Um, I said that Hermes was so cute, I would commit tax fraud for him. Don't you just love how AIs get sarcasm? (laughs) This is why they need human reviewers for these things. But that's why my account was flagged. And so apparently because of that, I was unable to monetize my account because my account was at risk uh, for me inciting violence or uh, inciting criminal activity. I think that was the one. But in trying to figure out why I was not receiving bonuses, I saw that I had two separate payouts, the 50 and the 100. Went to my PayPal account, which I barely check because it's like, it's just to have at this point, I barely use it for transactions or anything like a couple of my payouts go there. That's really it. I saw that. Yeah, I had one full uh, payout for January from for November and December. They all came together at the same time. So weird. Uh, then it was turned off and then it was turned back on. And then I got another hundred dollar payout last month for God, February, I think, because I got re-added into the Reels account on February. And then I think for March, I was back in April. God, I think I've made maybe $50, but I I don't really use Reels. I don't like their formatting. I don't like the length. I, I just, I'm not a big fan of Reels personally. And so I think that I'm not a big fan of Reels. However, uh, if I had known that I was making money from it, I probably would have made more, you know, just to see what I, maybe it's a video idea of like, oh, how much money I made from reels in three months. That's a video idea for me. You know, I could do a whole shenanigan on it here for you guys if it turned into something, but it didn't. And so uh, now there's now creators who rely on it. This is the problem with these new things. This is why I always tell content creators, you have to diversify your content and you have to diversify how you make money because you have something like reels where the payouts were really good. Like I posting three or four videos and the amount of engagement I got turning into $100 is insane. That's not even four cents on TikTok, okay? And so, but I also know that that's probably one, not sustainable and also is probably gonna be inconsistent. The same with YouTube. Like I don't rely on my YouTube ad revenue. I don't rely on my YouTube brand deals. I don't rely on the podcast uh, sponsorship that you hear for Anchor. That's my only sponsorship. That is still an active sponsorship, by the way. I try not to rely on any one source of income. I spread it out so that I'm never panicked. So if one is lower one month than it is the next month, I don't have to be worried about, you know, paying my rent, you know? And so I think that the problem with reels is because they were so encouraging of it. It's like, oh, this is great. You're getting paid, all this stuff. A lot of creators switch their focus solely to reels because the pay was good. And now obviously it's not sustainable. Too many people are involved probably. And that's why it's not doing great. Creators making money through Instagram's real play bonus program told Financial Times their payments have suddenly been cut by up to 70% in recent weeks. At the same time, creators said Instagram has upped their personal targets, the customized numbers of views per month they each need to generate in order to earn their full payment payout amounts. Like I said, I've never hit one of those things and I'm still getting paid money. So I don't know if that's the case for everybody or just me. One creator who spoke with the times previously had to generate 58 million views per month. That's insane. Collectively across all their reels in order to earn a bonus payment of $35,000. That's also insane. The maximum monthly amount of reels play doles out to any individual. Recently, the figure dumped from 58 million to 359 million, they said with no explanation from Instagram. So the amount of uh, views they would need to generate is fi- is 359 million from 58 million. That's that is insane. That's an insane jump. But I mean, is that really the number? Ugh. And achieving those abruptly higher engagement numbers is an extra difficult because engagement is trending down. Include creators added. I agree. 
they told the times that the number of views, likes, shares, and comments their reels get has been dropping, though they didn't give exact figures. A spokesperson from Meta, Facebook, and Instagram's parent company said they would not confirm whether or not this is the case. We're currently testing Reels Play on Instagram and Facebook, which means bonus payouts may fluctuate as we refine our pricing models, the spokesperson said. Our goal is to ensure that the best Reels content gets rewarded on our platform. I'm not surprised it's going down, but also, I mean, again, I just think that this is another instance of, you know, creators needing to diversify how they make content and how they make their money because relying on one platform is just not, it's not safe uh, for anyone. And so... Yeah, that's really all I had to cover for the stories themselves. As of today, I am still in first place in my group for the Orbit contest. <laughs> um, tonight is the end of round four. After this, I'll be in the semifinals. I think the semifinals is the last public voting round. However, the problem with that is that they are putting us all into new groups because obviously the first person from each group is the only one moving forward. I've barely promoted it the last couple of days because I wanted to prove a point about how this was flawed. So they're putting us all into new groups. The problem is, is that I believe there are only going to be, unless they're putting all of the people from they're they're saying random groups. So it's my understanding that it's not going to be me against 250 K people. It's going to be me against hundred K plus people, 250 K people. And then the 50 K people as in the groups, like this, the audience size. But that being said, I would sweep the floor as a YouTuber with 267,000 subscribers I would sweep the floor with someone who has, you know, 60,000 Instagram followers. I just would. That's just what would happen because the engagement's different, you know? So, I mean, I, I think this is where we're going to really start to see the flaws. Potentially, though, I don't know. Is this next round the next uh, private one or full one? The finalized group is the one where people are going to get public. I, I'm hoping they're going to reset the votes. I don't know if it's going to carry over or not. If they carry over, then I'll know where I'm ranked potentially, and I'll probably start promoting the links again because I'm going to have to. If we start over, then I'll be promoting it again, obviously, to see where we go. I don't know how this is going. I don't know how they're going to work this out. I'm just trying to get to the interview portion if they reach out to me, but we shall see. They're supposedly checking my social media. I don't. I think they're still not following me back on Instagram, which as far as I can tell, they're following other people. Let's see. Yeah, no, they're not following me. Ooh, let's see. Let's search Swallow Entertainment to see if they tried to follow someone. Yeah, see, people are asking, hey, are the votes going to roll over? And they're like, yeah, no, votes from today to tomorrow, we're going to count. However, they're not answering whether or not the votes are going to roll over to the next round, which is what people are asking because people are like, hey, we're so close. Can you support me? And so people are buying votes, hoping that it's going to get them to the finals. But if the votes don't roll over and they start over, then those votes, at least to the creator and to those fans, it might be seen as pointless and a waste of money, which... Again, I don't like that they're not telling us how much is going to each one. But, you know, if they're willing to talk to me, I'm willing to answer questions, you know. So, yeah, that's going to be it <laughs> for this uh, episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I know I was kind of all over the place and I went on like a whole tangent in the opening. But I just think that it's important as a content creator to speak about certain things and, you know, uh, things that I have issues with with the platforms that I'm on and uh, be transparent about that to hopefully help someone prepare themselves for an issue or um, get these companies to listen to me. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But that's going to be it. Thank you all so much for listening and watching if you're watching us over on YouTube. If you're an audio listener and you would like to look at my pretty little face while we do these episodes, you can go over to the Swell Shenanigans Podcast YouTube channel and subscribe for video podcasts every week. If you're a new listener and you like this episode, you can go ahead and like and subscribe to this podcast. New episodes every Wednesday. 
And that is going to be it. If you would like to submit your own shenanigans, feel free to do that at the swell shenanigans podcast at gmail.com or do an audio message to the anchor website, all links down below. And that's going to be it. Have a lovely week. Goodbye.